So they're selling wow. a product that's, you know, a couple of hundred dollars, yes. nearly $300, and they're getting a lead six cents. This is Ezra Firestone from smartmarketer.com, and you're listening to my friend Ash Roy on the Productive Insights Podcast. Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast, where you can learn how to systemize, automate, and scale your business via the internet. To access previous episodes and useful productivity tips, go to www.productiveinsights.com. Now, here's your host, Ash Roy. Hello there. This is Ash Roy, the founder of ProductiveInsights.com with a quick message for you. If you'd like to grow your business profitably and fast, head over to getmetodone.com where you can learn more about the Productive Insights membership program, which is designed to help you grow your business profitably and fast. We help you get clear on your target audience and create an irresistible offer around the specific problem that you solve for your audience. Once we've established an offer that's a good fit for your audience, we then help you to scale your business using marketing automation, which means you spend less time working and more time enjoying the fruits of your labor. If you'd like to learn more, head over to getmetodone.com right now and take that first step towards your business success and your time freedom. I hope you enjoy this episode and get a ton of value from it. I look forward to seeing you at getmetodone.com. Welcome back to the Productive Insights Podcast. This is Ash Roy, the founder of ProductiveInsights.com and the host of the Productive Insights Podcast. This is part two of a two-part conversation with Sonia Keenan, the founder of Digital Marketer Down Under and also the founder of OmnichannelMediaGroup.com. In the first part of this two-part conversation, which you can access at ProductiveInsights.com forward slash 168, Sonia and I talked about implementation paralysis and the various factors that contribute to implementation paralysis. We talked about some of the key strategies to overcome them and we left off the conversation where Sonia was about to explain how she helped one of her clients overcome implementation paralysis using some specific actionable strategies. So that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. We're also going to talk about some action steps that you can take and a whole lot more. Now, if you haven't already had a listen to the first part of this conversation, I highly recommend you do so. And if you'd like to share this particular episode or the previous one with anybody that might benefit, please do forward them the link. The link for the second part is ProductiveInsights.com forward slash 169. Now, this episode is brought to you by ProductiveInsights.com. And if you go to the ProductiveInsights.com website, you'll see that we are currently running a special limited time offer. So I highly recommend you check out the offer. Just head over to ProductiveInsights.com and you'll see it at the top. And now, without further ado, here's our guest, Sonia Keenan. Okay, Sonia, could you talk to us about a story where you helped a business overcome implementation paralysis. What was their situation before you started working with them and what results did they get after you guys worked together? One of my most recent clients who I'm still working with is, is a client in New Zealand. Comes from a medical background, helping women in sort of the over 45 space deal with menopause. And 
I met them through one of my events uh, last year, it was the event we did in Sydney. They had what I would call moderate success in that they had a, an online product that they were selling, a, a training product, and they were getting sales. Like early on, they could see there was a market and they were getting sales, but they were spending almost all their revenue on getting new customers. You know, most of their revenue was going back into Facebook ads and things like that. And as I explained before, they were that typical situation where they had heaps of Facebook ads running, but couldn't really understand what was happening with their business. Also, what I identified very quickly is they had their products around the wrong way. What they thought was their core product was really their tripwire. What they had as a, a send product, a continuity program, was actually their core offer. Because if we could get people to stay in the core offer longer and sign up to the core offer, well, then they would stay on longer and then the profitability of the business escalated. I had a database of about 6,000 when we started. We turned off some of their ads that weren't working mm-hmm. and really didn't add any more money to the campaign that was working, but we just turned off those ads that weren't working. And all of a sudden, that ad that was working just started to work so much better because their engagement scores were going up across their Facebook algorithm. And they grew their database in one year from 6,000 to 20,000, six cents a lead. So they're selling a product that's, you know, a couple of hundred dollars, nearly $300, and they're getting a lead at six cents. And then they're converting really highly. What we then worked out was that because they'd always focused on selling to new customers, they weren't re-engaging their databases very well. And so we then started some re-engagement campaigns and we took their revenue. I don't want to go into the details of their business, but we basically have taken their business from doing less than $10,000 a month to now um, turning over several hundred thousand dollars a year in one year. That's a fantastic result. But we have the, the best result about it when you talk about profitability is that we have taken their cost from being well over 100% of their turnover to down to probably now less over the year, it's probably down to maybe 10 or might be 30% of the turnover, even by the time they include my coaching fees and, Hmm. and things like that. Because once again, they had a lot of costs laid into their business with consultants that they didn't really need. Hmm. They had them on retainers when they should have just been employing them to do certain jobs and Hmm. things like that. So by working with me, my role in people's business is effectively the either the CEO or the chief marketing officer. My role mm-hmm. is to look at your business and, and question why you're doing things mm-hmm. and question how we could do them better. Those people aren't digital people. You know, they're mm-hmm. middle-aged people, semi-retired, and they now have a, a huge business that they've built in just one year. And mm. they already had the product, but they just weren't connecting with the audience. The other thing we did is I am um, believe strongly in the Donald Miller story brand approach mm. to messaging. I'm a certified guide with Donald Miller. Mm. And I um, help them redo their communication to move the main business owner who, was, who delivers the product all the marketing positioned her as a hero, whereas mm. we needed to position her as the guide. Right. And that's been a huge change because all of a sudden she's guiding the hero who is her mm. customers 
So for most of my coaching clients that I work with, we cover my first year's fees in the first campaign that we do because most businesses have that amount of pent-up demand sitting in their databases because they're not doing enough to re-engage. I use the digital marketer customer value journey all the time, the quadrant of Excite. We get so focused on converting our sales to get a sale, our follow-up, our onboarding, our re-engaging, and then offering them more products is very, very weak in most businesses. Some great points that came up. I'd like to reinforce a couple of points. I remember when I did my MBA, I learned that it costs between five and nine times as much to acquire a new customer as it costs you to retain an existing one. So the first step would be bring more value to your existing customers and try and figure out products and services that you can offer to your existing customers that will allow them to become repeat buyers because you already have their trust. Second point you made about making your customer the hero, couldn't agree more. I remember I was speaking at Superfast Business Live and that was one of the first times I ever spoke on stage to such a big audience and I was terrified. I designed my talk around making the audience the hero in that conversation, which I genuinely believe they were, and that made the talk quite well received. And the Mm. third point I want to make is, if anyone listening isn't clear on what Sonia meant by tripwires, this is a term that was created and propagated by a digital marketer, and it essentially is a low-value product that enables your customer to enter your purchase funnel or your product suite, I guess. It's typically a $7 product or a $47 product, and it might be just a little download or something like that. Once they buy that low-value product, the propensity of them becoming an ongoing customer and buying higher-value products is significantly higher just because that relationship has changed from being just a casual browser of your website or consumer of your content, whichever format that's in, to being a customer, albeit a low-value customer. Just one thing on that, Ash, about the tripwire that that I do a little bit differently is I don't believe it has to be a low value product the example i just gave you before their tripwire is a 300 dollars sale but it was a one-off sale and what we were saying was how could we use that which was exceptional value to then move people into a membership program where they then would pay so many dollars a month once they finish so for a lot of service providing businesses or you know people like life coaches and Uh, hypnotherapists and psychologists and all these sorts of people that are building online products now. Sometimes your tripwire might be an introductory block of sessions or it might be uh, some sort of detox program that you've got or something. Don't be scared to put that out at a high price because what you're selling is something that solves an immediate pain point that somebody has. And then from there, you can move them into a support program that could be a continuity program. It's this whole idea that what you're looking for customers in a tripwire, no matter what, is a commitment of time that is more important than the money. And so if you know that if you can get somebody to commit seven days to use your product or 24 hours access to this or one month's access to that, and that will get them cemented to you as a client that you then can um, ascend them into other products, 
that's what your tripwire should be. I always suggest focusing on the customer's commitment of time. It is the most valuable commodity we have in this modern world because money is not necessarily what people gauge it mm. by anymore. So it just that's just my view on it. That's not that's just something I've learned working with my clients, the type of clients that I work with. Well, you know what? I really like that. This is the first time I've heard of a tripwire in that context, and I couldn't agree with you more. So, you know, every time I interview people on my podcast, I learn something valuable, and this is one of the many valuable things I've learned. So I would rephrase a tripwire now in my head, and I would say a tripwire is not a low-priced product, but it's an outrageous value product that allows you to capture your target market's attention and gives you an opportunity to let them experience the value you have to offer them and then onboard them into a more longer-term relationship. Exactly. And and the thing to remember with pricing, and this is the other area where a lot of small businesses get caught up in price, hmm. is the only reason you play with price is to manipulate supply and demand. You know, it's an e- economic factor. You have supply and you have demand and where those two curves cross is price. If you are selling a product that is being sold from a point of view of the emotion that somebody is dealing with is security, you know, I'm going to buy your product because it's going to help me quit smoking or give up drinking or it's going to do something that's, that's in that security, never go cheap. Because it's security. I don't trust it. If it's seven dollars and you're going to help me quit drinking, it's it's a scam. Because that's worth a lot more to me than seven dollars. So when you're working out price, once again, it's this whole idea of your church. You have to understand the church you're in and where you're learning from. Think about it in relation to your customer. What does price do? If I saw Louis Vuitton bag on a website and it was really really cheap, I would decide that it was fraud. I I wouldn't think it was a real thing. But if it was a Louis Vuitton bag with an upsell of of something else and together it was, you know, free freight or something um, and insurance, well, then I would see that discount as value or pay extra for this Louis Vuitton bag and we'll get it to you tomorrow. I I would do that. So you, you have to be able to interpret what price sensitivities your market has. And sometimes it's not down, it's up. You know, in episode 52, I spoke to Kyle Tully, who I have high respect for as a marketer, and we talked about specific mindset techniques to 10x your prices. It sounds unreal, but it's true. He said some things that really brought it home for me. People look at price as one of the many factors before deciding to work with you. Other things they're thinking of is, is this person trustworthy? Do I have proximity to this person? Do I have any evidence that this person has delivered results before? Another factor actually might be, as you said, is this person too cheap? Because if they're too cheap, I don't think that they're going to give me a very good result. Price itself can be a signaling factor. There are many factors before a person decides to work with you, and price is just one of them. But so many of us get so hung up on price that we do ourselves out of a good opportunity to service a client because we undercut everybody else or we sell ourselves too cheap, and then we end up not being able to deliver a good solution because we are going so low. Mm, Exactly. And and it's different if you're an e-commerce business and you're competing against, you know, 
100 people selling the same widget as you. You know, that's completely different. Most of the people I work with are small business owners that are more likely to be service providers or developing bespoke products or doing something that really there's no direct competition. Or if there are, it's it's sold on how people connect with you. And in most cases, that's how people buy. The myth that there's millions of people out there making millions of dollars every day selling things on the internet I mean, it's just not the case. But for the average business owner, the way they can make money out of the internet is just to understand how to reach their audience cost-effectively and targeting it so it's no wastage, and that's great. But then they've got to have the right offer. You can have the greatest pay-for-click campaign in the world, but if you're driving people to the wrong product or the wrong offer, you will not convert. I've had a couple of people say to me, oh, your emails and your sales pages are really basic and they're not, they don't look like the digital marketer sales pages and blah, blah, blah. And I go, yeah, but they convert. I'm not talking, a lot of the people that notice the nuances of those things, they're not actually my core market. My core market are the mum and dad business owners who are wanting to learn how to do this. And as I said, I had a few people at the event give me feedback on, you know, oh, you should do this and you should do this and you should do this. And it's all valid. If I had the opportunity to do 20 events a year, I possibly could. But my community is small business owners who are trying to work out how to make this decision for themselves. You need to be able to know your target market. You need to understand what your services are worth to them and then how to connect with them. You made a very valid point about if you're in a very commoditized market, yes, price tends to become a deciding factor. But if you look at Apple, when they entered a market that was very commoditized, they transformed the market and they still charge extremely high prices, but they have been able to develop a brand around the back of a uniqueness that they offer in terms of their products, one of which is that they offer the walled garden and either you're in or you're out. But if you're in, you get a whole lot of benefits because you tap into their suite of products. There have been so many fantastic insights. We started off talking about implementation paralysis, but we've touched on so many valuable points. So thank you for that. Now, I'd like to touch on some action steps because I'd like to try and make my content as actionable as possible. So I'm going to call out some key action steps that came out from this conversation for me, and then we'll talk a bit more about how people can get in contact with you, Sonia. So the biggest action steps I have were understand your effective hourly rate and try and outsource work that falls below your effective value rate. The second thing I would say is understand your core competency. And if marketing, for example, isn't your core competency, don't try and do it yourself. Outsource it to a specialist. If you're spending $10 a day on Facebook ads, consider accumulating that money over a period of a year and then investing in a professional marketer or a coach because that $10 a day can fly under the radar, but it adds up and you'll probably get a much better result if you spend it in bulk with somebody who knows what they're doing. Understand what goals you're working towards and what success looks like. Try and quantify that and give yourself a timeline around which you would like to see yourself achieve those results. Also, adopt a testing mindset and don't test more than one variable at a time. Always have a hypothesis around your test. So decide on what you expect to happen before you do the test and then decide on whether the test worked or not by seeing whether that hypothesis was fulfilled or not. Pick your church and stick to it. So if you decide to find a mentor, that's great. Be selective about who you find as a mentor. But once you do find a mentor, don't hop, skip and jump between different mentors. 
stick with a mentor, give that mentor some time to work with you. Tripwires aren't just things that you try and offer at a lower price. It is more about offering incredible values so you can develop a powerful initial connection with your customer that springboards them into a long-term relationship with you that will be a very fruitful and valuable relationship for both parties. The other thing was pricing. Don't always assume that your price has to be the lowest. Your price itself can be a signal. Always look at what problem your customer is trying to solve. Try and understand what solving that problem is to them in terms of value and then think about your price, which, by the way, is one of many factors. Other factors that come into their decision about whether they're going to work with you or not might be how close am I physically to this person if it involves physical access. How comfortable do I feel with this person? Do I like this person? Would I have a beer with this person? and a million other questions that have nothing to do with price. Is there anything else you'd like to add, Sonia? No, I think that's pretty comprehensive there, Ash. I think we've, we've covered a lot of ground. Okay, great. Well, thank you for this amazing amount of information. I came in thinking we'll talk about implementation paralysis, and we have so much more. So thank you for the generosity of your knowledge and information. Now, I'm sure our listeners are dying to know how they can find out more about you and where they can get more access to this wonderful information. So how do our listeners find out more about Sonia Keenan? Thank you. Well, two ways. One is through my omnichannelmediagroup.com website, which is O-M-N-I-C-H-A-N-N-E-L, mediagroup.com. If you send a a request through that, um, you'll find me and happy to always talk to people. I mean, I have a coaching program. My premium coaching program is closed at the moment. I'm full, but I'm always happy to talk to people if I can steer them in a way that helps them unlock the the key for them, always happy to do that. So just send a connect with me through the website. I do have a small group coaching program that we run that's called DIG, Digital Implementation Group, and you can get more information about that at digonline.com.au. And that's sort of my entry-level product where there is some one-on-one coaching, but we do a lot of small group coaching and it's all aimed at small business owners. So, um, so yeah, if you're interested or hit me up on Facebook or LinkedIn, um, you'll, you'll find me there. But um, anyone who was at our event would know I, I am happy to talk to anybody. I think I went pretty close to talking to all 700 people in the room over that last weekend. But it was about, for me, I just hate hearing people who are very successful in their business thinking that they're failing because they can't unlock the key to their marketing or, or unlock implementation paralysis. So um, if I can help somebody with just a couple of ideas, well, always happy to have a chat on the phone. And don't forget the third way they can get in touch with you, Sonia, and that is by attending the Digital Marketing Down Under conference. Yeah, so Digital Marketing Down Under, at this stage, it looks like it will be August again next year on the Gold Coast. We haven't 100% locked in the dates, but it'll probably be in the middle of August. We are just doing the final negotiation with the Gold Coast Convention Centre at the moment. So I hope to be able to make an announcement about that in, in coming weeks. We will potentially have some smaller events popping up during the year with, with different people. So we're just sort of working on that model at the moment. I've sort of become an accidental event organiser. Um, I'm lucky that I've got an incredible team. I just feel for building a community 
it's critical to get out there and talk to people. Well, I'll be linking to all these things on the show notes of this podcast episode. So I'll say those again, just in case you're driving while you're listening to this. It's omnichannelmediagroup.com. That's O-M-N-I-C-H-A-N-N-E-L media group.com. Then there's digonline, D-I-G-O-N-L-I-N-E.com.au. And then there's the August event in the Gold Coast. If you would like to access these links, just head over to productiveinsights.com forward slash 168. That is the number of this podcast episode when it gets published. So we will publish at that URL. If you would like to get more information about the August event, just sign up to my newsletter and I'll probably you know, mention it if Sonia lets me know when she's got the dates and everything. I'll be happy to share that with my list as well. So just stay on my list and you'll find out more about that event as well. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners, Sonia, before we say goodbye? No, just remember that you're really good at what you do when you're in business and very few people started a business because they wanted to be good at Facebook ads. They wanted to do a business because they were good at what they they were passionate about. And hmm. if you stick with that and 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 just keep it simple, if you're good at what you do, you will get the rewards. So um, yeah, great talking to you, Ash. Lovely talking to you too, Sonia. Thanks for listening to the Productive Insights Podcast. You can find all the links in the show notes below this episode on ProductiveInsights.com. You can also ask questions in the comment section that Ash personally answers. How can Ash help you today? 